Kia ora and welcome everyone to the Kiwi Running Show. I'm glad that you've joined us. Um, today it's just me in the studio for the, the new section and then we, we've got a bit of a discussion, a bit of a training talk around training volume uh, between me and Hamish. So I just wanted to catch up on the news from, from this week, uh, from this weekend. There's been a, a little bit amount, uh, amount of going-ons in, in the world of running. Um, probably the big news as far as elite athletics is concerned, uh, Angie Petty has um, has claimed her spot on the 2017 London World Champs team, which is really exciting. So she ran a time of 2 minutes flat and 44 seconds, um, and that just snuck her under by 0 0.06 of a second. So I bet she's glad she kind of dipped for the line there. Um, of the the selection standard so awesome to see that she's been given the nod I know that this year has been um, I, I, I guess we haven't really seen her progress on from where she has been in previous years and um, she's changed coach and, and all that so it's very cool to see her getting the timing right and I know she is an athlete who is very good at, at peaking at the right times um, she said on, on athletics.org.nz, words can't describe how happy I am to have run this time, um, referring to that two flat time. Um, I'm really excited for the journey ahead and will continue to work hard to run lots faster. So that's exciting. Very cool. So congratulations. So that adds, as far as our runners go for the uh, the World Champs team, we've got Camille Buscombe in the 10,000 metres and Zane Robertson as well. Um, and then we're kind, we've got a bunch of field athletes, so Tom Walsh and Jack O'Gill. We've got Eliza McCartney in the pole vault. Um, of course, Joseph Miller, he's made it into the 1 and 200 metres. And then the Walker, Quentin Rue. I think there'll be a few more who will make it. Obviously, Nick Willis must be lining this one up uh, for the 1500 metres again. Um, and our other 1500 metre guys, so Julian Matthews, Hamish Carson, Eric Speakman, um, they will at least have one of them going under the time and getting there, if not a couple of them, and maybe one of them might get into the 5k. Jake Robertson, I don't know what his his plans are, but there's a little bit of news from him this week as well, which we'll get to shortly. Um, and then maybe uh, maybe another walker. Um, I think that off the top of my head, they're probably the the list that we're looking at for the Kiwis at the moment. Um, a lot of the, let me think, um, running running through the, probably Nikki Hamblin. I don't know what her plans are, are at the moment, but she could be the other one on the female side of things. But as far as the guys go, I think we're looking at, yeah, a few in the 1500 and then it's really the Robertsons and um joseph miller so yeah cool very exciting so that's coming up in in august in london it's kind of a repeat five years on from the london olympics so it'll be really really exciting and um, the brits do a great job of hosting these sorts of things so keep an ear out for that locally in local news the the big race on and i love this race this this race is awesome and if you've ever thought about joining a club and you live in the wellington region Join a club just so you can run this race because it's it is so epic. It's called the Vossler Shield. It's the ninety fourth running of the Vossler Shield. So talk about one of New Zealand's older races. Uh, it's run around Mount Victoria, and if anyone's run on the, those trails, you'll you'll know it's pretty. Um, it's got some good good vertical elements to it. And basically, the the men's race in particular, we'll, we'll get to this because the women's race is slightly different. Um, does two laps of this this brutal five k course, and the reason it's brutal is that the uphills are, are pretty challenging, but the there's a decent amount of flat and downhill sections where you can really run fast. So not only are you running the steep uphill sections, but then the rest of the time you're running really fast as well. So you never get a let up. And I know when I've done it in the past, it's, it's two laps and you finish the first lap and you're saying to yourself, oh my gosh, I've got to do that another time. 
and, and your legs are just screaming out and it really is just such a um, such a beautifully uh, brutal <laughs> brutal race so this year we had Harry Bernard take out the win uh, so he's a young runner from Wellington Scottish in 4101 uh, from Christian Day who's just uh, arrived in Wellington from the Hawke's Bay so he was 45 seconds back and then Dougal Thorburn uh, just another eight seconds back again uh, Wellington Scottish Managed to pull back the team's award from from WAC after they they took them down in the most recent um, teams relay event, um, and then in the ladies. So th- the the women's race does a one lap five k course. Um, so it's sort of been traditionally like that, and I'll, I'll get to this very shortly because there were a few women who did the 5k and then also did the the men's race 10k or only did the 10k but anyway the women's of the winner of the women's 5k was Sarah Drought in 23:14 followed by Lizzie Buckenberg um, and then Alice Fizzlier Holmes I hope I got your name pronounced right Alice um, back in third place and Wack Wellington Harriers managed to pick up the team's award in that one um, so then there were a few women who jumped into the, the 10K. They're allowed to run in the 10K, but it was, didn't count for team points or, you know, the championship. You weren't sort of officially known as the winner of the, the Vossler Shield. Um, but Ruby Muir ran a fantastic 45.07. So there's a... I'll post a, a story that was written up on stuff um, about the... The woman not officially running the same distance as the men, and it is kind of kind of strange, you know. Nowadays, we we don't have a different distance for the Tarawera Ultra for men and women. We don't have different distances in the Auckland Marathon for men and women. It's all together. So this concept of having different distances is quite a new thing, uh, quite an quite an old sort of archaic idea, um, and so. We had, what was it, seven women who um, who jumped in the 10K race with the men. And very cool. They they wrote the numbers 261 on their legs. 261, what, 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 what's that um, in reference to? Well, it's the number that Catherine Switzer wore when she ran the, the Boston Marathon um, illegally, when it was just supposed to be for men. So... Um, and she was, you know, manhandled and tried to get shoved off the course. And she had men, uh, other fellow racers protecting her so she didn't get pulled off the course by the race director. So that's a, that was a really stunning story. And Catherine Switzer's got a lot of ties to New Zealand and, and the Wellington running community. So cool to see these ladies riding 261, um, sort of in solidarity, you know, proof that that woman can do it and if anything um as the distance gets longer the gap between men's and women's performances close quite a lot as is shown by uh, ruby's amazing run which is only four minutes behind the leader on a tough course and i can tell you 45 minutes for 10k on that course is is flying really really impressive so cool to see um the ladies really trying to change the change the opinion. I hope the race organisers do switch the championship to the 10k, um, because to be honest, it's not gonna it's not gonna scare women away. Um, if anything, the challenge of it is is the thing that entices you. So, two laps almost seems more enticing than one lap, just because it's so ridiculously hard. So, cool. Well done, ladies. Keep it up, and um, yeah, I I really hope to see that change next year for the 95th edition um in other news uh we also had a cross-country race down in christchurch the jane patterson cross-country um over the 9k course ben muson 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 took it out um in 30 minutes 57 and then in the ladies, Jean Kosniak uh, won the 6K. So again, different distances. But that is quite common in cross country because they're quite... Um, oh, it's been around for a long time. Anyway, so she won, won the women's race. Uh, the, um, yeah, very interesting debate, uh, this whole different distances. Um, cool. So that was... The, the local racing, there wasn't really much else going on around the place. Um, but if we head off 
overseas we had some some really cool racing from Hamish Carson opening up his Northern Hemisphere season. Um, so he ran a 1,500 and 3.38. So that's just a couple of seconds outside his PB, just a couple of seconds outside a World Champs qualifier. So for an opener, that is very exciting. And um, I'm sure we'll see him go quicker than that again, um, getting those golden locks flying down the the Mondo. Um, very, very exciting to hear. Um, we also had a little meet. It's just... Um, just kind of a side note, Tom Tom Walsh ran, uh, ran through his shot put 21.64 metres, so cool to see that he's still in form. He won beating a couple of top Americans um, over there in Arizona, at a meet in Arizona. Um, in hurdles, we had Cameron French dip under the 52nd mark for the 400 metre hurdles. Uh, that was at a meet in Loughborough. And he actually won that race as the A race there. So that's that's exciting um, to see him go under 50 seconds. Again, I'm not too sure what the World Champs qualifier would be for for the guys, but um, certainly he's he, he looks amazing. If you ever get the chance to see the 400 metres hurdles up close, like those guys and girls are machines. Um, I would hate to do that race. It just 400 metres is bad enough as it is. Add, add jumps. My gosh. Anyway, um, over at the Sydney Morning Herald Half Marathon, uh, we had Dave Ridley do a 110.59 half marathon, com- coming in in eighth place. Um, and that was about it for the news. So, yeah, lot, lots going on. Um, we've sort of finished the domestic autumn marathon season, kind of gearing up for the, the winter marathon season, which starts with uh, the Christchurch Marathon and Queen's Birthday Weekend. We've also got the, I think it's the Paihia Half Marathon, um, and then it's the Wellington Half Wellington Marathon a couple of weeks later, and then a lot of people will be heading over to the Gold Coast Marathon in July. So a lot of stuff coming up on the cards. Now we're going to jump over to training talk, and before we do, I just wanted to um, mention that the topic that we're discussing is training volume. So how much should you do? Should you do, and particularly looking at different stages of life. And one thing we didn't really we didn't really cover was this idea of comparison and looking at what someone else is doing and um, and comparing it, thinking that you've got to do the same thing. Um, and in particular, related to, um, because obviously people have a different training history, they might be at a different age, or they might be, they might have different goals. Um, well, actually, that, that goals thing is the thing that I, I really wanted to pick up, because I, I don't think we really mentioned it. Um, but because some people have different goals, their training volume is actually going to look quite different. So, um, and in particular... Take the 20-something-year-old who's maybe a top domestic runner and they're trying to make it as an elite runner. They've set themselves, okay, two years, I'm going to go hard at this. I'm going to run 200K a week. I'm going to try and make a world marathon team or I want to win the Auckland Marathon. And so their approach is actually a bit of a throw-the-eggs-against-the-wall approach and just see how how it goes. If I blow up, I've, I've given it a good shot. Um, if my body holds together, then I'm going to be in the, the form of my life. And so it is a bit of a danger uh, when we look at someone like that who's training um, without much regard to um, their long-term health and fitness, um, but just you know training like an animal um, and thinking that that's how we should do it. And so it's something that I always mention to my, my runners, you know, you look at your own training background, you look at your, your age, what what events you're doing, but you've also got to look at look at your goals, look at your long-term goals. And for most of our listeners, um, that's probably not to, to throw all the eggs against the wall and, and see if one doesn't break and, and make a, a, a world team or, or something like that. It's more, hey, I want to run for the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Um, I want to stay fit and healthy. I want to challenge myself. I want to train hard, but I also want that balance of not ending up in a moon boot or constantly on the physio table. So um, there's always this this balance and this interplay between um, 
how much you do and how, how much is wise depending on, on your goals. So don't just go on Strava and say, oh, runner X, who's the best in New Zealand at X distance, I need to copy exactly what they do. You will be different. You'll have a different um, training methodology, different training volume. So be kind to yourself. And here is the, the training talk for the week. Break it down. Oops, just before we go to the training talk, had to mention Zane Robertson uh, raced over in India, of all places, in the Bengaluru, Bengaluru um, 10k, and it was, it was a pretty stellar field. He actually came away in seventh place after really owning the pace um, early on, so I think he was a bit disappointed with that effort, but he's back to the drawing, drawing board, so... Well done, well done, Zane, and we hope to see you um, up and running again very, very soon. Right, over to training talk. Break it down. Kia ora and welcome to the Kiwi Running Show. Now this show is a little bit different. We are just going to talk training talk. We didn't do any last week, so we thought it was time to delve into the murky depths of training volume. How much should you do? How much is wise? How much is stupid? Um, in relation to what age you are, so yeah, from kids right up to the oldies. Yeah, yeah, and look, it's. I, I guess we need to preface this by saying how long is a piece of string how sensible is it for us to delve down into this topic um but you know we we know a little bit we have some ideas but mm. you know this is this discussion is going to take the format of literally Hayden and I uh talking through this and and to frame it up it's through the athlete uh, life cycle and so that could be two things that could be a their you know their age from you know starting their running as a five-year-old through to when they've Yep. You know, hopefully run through to 95 or even older, 101, 101. at World Masters. Um, but then also in the context of uh, your training age. Yeah. So even if you start uh, running uh, as a 30-year-old, you're actually only one year's one year old in terms of your training age. Mm. So you should start crawling. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. And within the context of this, um, you know, if I was a Lydia disciple, I would say the optimum mileage uh, that everyone should work towards is 100 miles per week. Yeah. Um, but we need to throw that assumption out the door because 100 miles a week is not the optimum for every athlete. Yeah. Some athletes, in fact, I would argue many athletes, their optimum will sit below that amount. Uh, and uh, conversely, a lot of athletes, their optimum will sit above that. Mm. So uh, this is, you know, we're going to talk in genera generalities. Yes. Butchered that. So forgive us a little bit, but hopefully it'll be an interesting conversation. Hayden, how yeah. do you want to kick us off? Well, um, I, I thought I'd talk about kind of what, what grinds my gears a little bit. Because one thing with running is that it is a sport that... Um, the more is better philosophy can be very loud in your ear. It's pervasive um, within the sport. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, to a certain extent, n you know, probably eight, nine out of ten times it's true for yep. for most people. Um, so run a little bit more, you'll, you'll get fitter and you'll get faster and yeah. um, you'll be better at running and enjoying it more. Um, yeah. But it's not always true. And the other thing that really grinds my gears is Strava. So... Uh, the comparison that happens on Strava and I mean I really struggle with this with the athletes that I coach who look at you know what some of our top marathon runners are doing guys like Kieran Faherty and they're, they're saying well yeah he did 100k this weekend yeah, <laughs> he done yeah, yeah. 60k this week yeah. and it's like um, well you, you can't make that comparison because yeah. A different goals B different age C different um, yeah training cycles and yeah it's so yeah it's so comparison is bad that's what yeah. i'm trying to say so um let's dig into this yeah let's let's and look you know uh, you we we kicked this off um talking uh, off air you've recently yeah. wrapped up your tempo fit holiday running program yeah, yeah. for kids yeah and so, you know, I'm, I'm keen to hear about that and what you do and where you come in with these kids at their yeah. volume. And then, you know, even before we get into talking about volume, 
I know you're um, really interested in, in reinforcing proper running technique. So how do you balance that, particularly with younger athletes, when you when you want to lay in the correct technique, but then you also want to get them started? With yeah, support? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, my my thing is that. I really do believe that we should teach kids to sprint, run fast before we teach them to go long. Yeah. Um, so maximise their capabilities of moving from A to B as fast as possible. Yeah. And that's like twenty metres across the <laughs> across the court or yeah, um, yeah, um, across the soccer field. So I really like to teach sprinting. So often at a young age, primary school age, I'll just do. Um, do shuttle runs, relays, yeah. that sort of stuff. The mileage will accumulate from that. You might do a lap of the, the field to start off with for a warm-up, mm-hmm. do some relays, some games and stuff. You got through 4 or 5K. Yeah. Um, and that for an 8-year-old is is a big, big workout. Yeah. Um, and we don't need to do much more than that. What I then go to is once the they've got that good base of speed starting to build that um that endurance from the warm-ups and warms down then i'll add the um running your age in kilometers so building up to building up to that so yeah um say you've got a 10 year old athlete they're just kind of starting out we'll look to build up them up to 10k over the next three months so, so really 10, gradual 10k as a long run yeah as instance. a long run okay and it would be I've, a I've kind never of heard a, that rule before but kind yeah. of immediately intuitively it, it makes sense because then yeah. you know once an athlete gets to ni- 18 19 20 when they want to be yeah. competing seriously their their long run is at a decent amount but it's progressed really slowly yeah yeah that's yeah. interesting yeah and i find it's a good achievement so you can say um you know that eight-year-old brother of the ten-year-old. They're not looking at their ten-year-old brother, thinking, "Oh, I need to run ten k," because they yeah. are. You're like, "No, you're running your age," and yeah, um, and you build up to it and do it as a big achievement. So, yeah. bam, we've done ten k. High yeah. fives. Let's go out for yeah, get a burger for yeah. to celebrate. Yeah. So I'm really on board with you around what you talked about for the eight-year-olds and teaching them to yeah. sprint and it's almost like a games based approach keeping it fun yeah. it's not about the volume 10 you you know run your age 10 kilometers what is the what does the rest of the training week look like for for let's say a 10 yeah. year old cuz they're still pre puberty yeah they're yeah. still hopefully yep. doing at least one or two other sports yeah well i'd like to hear your thoughts on this as well but um i will usually it, it, it depends on the athlete massively. So, yeah. like, I've got one girl who's breaking Auckland records for the 3K and 1500 metres. Yeah. Very talented runner, very disciplined, very internally motivated. Um, yeah. Exactly what you want in a distance runner. So, she's doing a lot more than the average. Um, but usually, one long ish run. Yeah. Say a 10 year old would be doing sort of 7 to 10K. Yeah, the weekend, mm. and then a a couple of workouts, one one more sort of fartlek style. Yeah, try and keep it fun, running through the forest, and yeah, yeah, on off, on off, um, and then the other one more of a sprints type, um, top end. Yeah, 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 ninety to a hundred percent. Yeah, I think that if you looked at the athlete development development models, I'd say the first stage that we talked about is kind of training for fun. Yeah second stage well you jump to the third stage which is kind of early teens and that's training to compete yeah at that stage um most of the models for 10 year olds um you know they it's training to train and so what you want to do is begin to think about what tools does this athlete i use the inverted commas their athlete need um in a couple of years time when the, the you know they're off to a New Zealand secondary schools champs or yep. something like that. So totally, I'd I'd agree with what you're talking about in terms of volume. I guess if I if I if you know a real IWAF athletics coach like George McConaughey or Paul yep. Lothian were here, they would say you should be taking a multi-events approach. Mm. But you know we're not all shot put. Yeah, long yeah. jump coaches. So you can and you can. This coach is a what tricky one because I get a lot of parents coming to me saying, "We're sick of our kid doing shot put and high jump. Yep. They want to run." Yeah. Um. And so, but I yeah, always it's interesting. Yeah, but I always yeah. need to balance that with. Well, actually, y- your kid's eight. 
and yeah. we we can't be doing <laughs> what yeah. the 12, 13-year-old's I, doing. I, I get out the medicine ball for yeah. kids this age, and so everyone has to throw. I, you know, as a younger kid, when I didn't have any sort of power or strength, I didn't like shot-putting. Yeah. Um, I love it now. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I did enjoy throwing around a medicine ball. And yeah. Like, yeah. So... I think it still holds weight, um, and in a perfect world, you know, within an athletics club context, you should be teaching kids all of these events because mm. you don't, you never know where someone's going to go. Like David Radisha started as a decathlete. Wow. Uh, Marla Runyon, who was a, a visually impaired Olympian, like the actual Olympics for the UK, uh, US. Yeah. She made the Olympics over five k. Um, and eventually ran a really good marathon under 2.30, she was a heptathlete. Wow. You know, so you don't know where you're going to end up, and there's lots of sprinters, jumpers, who end up going to multi-events at a later age. Yeah, yeah. So, to, you know, you, no one is running muscle biopsies on 10-year-olds, and you shouldn't because that would freaking hurt. <laughs> um, so it is dangerous to say, oh, you know, my kid wants to be a runner. So, mm. you know, let's start on a long-term plan for them to be a distance runner. Um, almost invariably, if you go down that road, the kid's not going to get enough speed to actually be anything besides a yeah, yeah. marathon yeah. or an off-road runner. We all universally within the distance running scene underestimate the importance of speed and technique, Yeah, I think. I, I, well, I can name, you know, nine out of ten distance running coaches who who would not work enough on technique and speed yeah and the fact is like the 200 meters is one of the best predictors for your marathon time on the planet better Mm. than vo2 max um which is astounding and looking at my runners i would actually add to that vertical leap Mm. um and the ability to perform high knees like a high knees run over Mm. 20 meters would be another predictor so that's why i'm a massive believer in maintaining that athleticism and really learning that from a young age yeah Um, yeah so i i agree with you like that multi-event thing is important um but most of my runners that I coach are like swimming and doing yeah. gymnastics and doing other stuff. So yeah, yeah. So I kind so of feel like they're I'm, maybe getting some of that in their other sports. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, let's jump through now to, and I'd love if we have time to come back through this, take away the age, and actually just have this discussion about training age. Yeah. Because you know, a thirty-year-old starting in year one, I think this is it's a different approach. Yeah. But. It yeah, might not yeah. be. But anyway, let's jump forward to this early teens. Okay. What I would call... 13 to 15? Yeah, trained to compete. Yeah. Um, I My personal take on this is it's all about um, athlete development, making them an all-around athlete. Um, and um, this, like the social development of it, so ideally getting them to compete and get to meet other people and like you it, it's such an important age because you're mm. becoming an adult yeah um it's and massive, so important. yeah from a physiological perspective it's a real window window of opportunity um to make some changes to the physical characteristics of that individual mm. so there's um uh, development windows of opportunity if anyone wants to kind of research it it's really interesting but you can make a huge impact on either someone's uh, power strength abilities or their endurance abilities within these time yeah. frames and things like bone density um, yeah. through these years are key massive, if, if you massive. don't do any high impact stuff you're... multi-directional weight bearing stuff yeah so yeah there's some really interesting uh, research on, on, on this stuff so it's a huge age and i'll just say again it's i think 13 is too early to be working with someone and say oh yeah they're going to be uh you know a steeplechaser or they're going to run the 3000 meters or the 1500 meters they not to say that they can't run that but i think as a coach we should be taking the approach of they're going to be an athlete yeah and i'm going to get them ready and yes they're going to compete so that that mandates the training will change. So they're 13. The long run might be 13k. Yeah. Uh, and that that fartlek might turn into a session of 
800s, uh, yeah, but yeah. that speed work and technique work will stay in there, and then you might add in a couple more runs for yep. the week. Right? Yeah. Am I yeah, on the right Yeah, track? building up the mileage and yeah, yeah. Um, starting to feel a little bit more like a runner but still have that variation like yeah, yeah I still play rugby and yeah. do basketball and netball and, yeah. and not having that specialisation I think it's really key still yeah. at that age and if you're working with an athlete who's doing those other sports then all of that impetus isn't on you to get yeah. in all that speed development so if someone's playing basketball they're going to be developing that, yeah, that, that hour and explosive yeah. strength so that's great if they're just doing running and then a bit of swimming and cycling um, then you as the running coach it's on you to get that speed into them yeah. and develop uh, that that ability to be a strong powerful athlete yeah because and, no and matter back to that bone density thing like yep. if they're just swimming running and cycling they're oh, not man. doing enough recipe to their bones. recipe for yeah. disaster young triathletes are the most injury prone athletes there are yeah and i can tell you exactly why one bone density so cycling does a terrible job of increasing your bone density yeah worse than sitting on the couch yep that's yep. crazy isn't which it? is crazy yeah. uh and two swimming swimming encourages you to have floppy joints yeah uh floppy loose muscles and and f- particularly floppy ankles yeah which is really really bad for running you inability actually, to load like a yeah, spring and yeah, yeah yeah so running is all about uh loading um you know, um, using our muscles like rubber bands to run efficiently. And if you don't have that, if you're floppy, yeah. your bone's just taking all that impact. Yeah. And so triathletes, whew, you know, if, if you're training a runner who then is swimming and cycling and, you know, their parents have designs on them being a triathlete, as the run coach, you have a lot of responsibility to uh, to prepare them to be able to actually hand, handle the running volume that they need yeah. and build in that athleticism. Because unless you yeah, want more them, drills, yeah. more calisthenics, yeah, 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 absolutely. Unless you want them making their Ironman debut at twenty, <laughs> you know, because if you don't have killer speed, you're not going to make it in the triathlon game. So yeah, 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 it's, yeah it's, it's interesting, very interesting. Um, and I'm if I get a new runner around thirteen, fifteen, I'm still like. Yeah, still speed um, yep. is the first thing that we need to work on and um, before you start adding in that mileage. Yeah, right. Let's um, jump forward to... Late teens? Late teens. I think we're going to diverge here. <laughs> bring um, it. Bring, bring it. it. And this is this is where I'm still a controversial coach. Are you like 100 mile minimum? Yeah. Nah, not quite. I'm... It's all for the individual. Yeah. But I have no... Theoretically, I have no problem with giving an 18-year-old 80, 90 miles a week if I think they're the right type of athlete for that. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Because, um, and, and my, yeah, and this... I wouldn't be adverse to it if, 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 was right. if I was talking with all of the high-performance sport New Zealand coaches, yeah, they would be, you know, they wouldn't like that because it's not following the long-term athlete development model. Yeah. My reasoning for this is if a kid isn't good... By the time they're nineteen, twenty, yeah, they ain't ever going to be good. And if if an athlete doesn't taste success as a junior, it's very rare that they keep going on to yeah. senior ranks. So well, this is the this is the no man's land of athletics. Like yeah. a lot of people drop out about age fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, and you don't see them till the finish uni they're starting putting on weight at a desk job in their late yeah. 20s and then start doing mm-hmm. half marathons yeah so this is the key time to keep them yeah. and that's why i agree with you like yeah we need to I, if I, they're in we yeah. want them to be full in. you've got to chase some success yeah and so you know i arbitrarily say 80 90 miles i'd i'd probably cap that you know i wouldn't go much higher than that but it's not about the mileage it's about what it takes to be successful so you know i coach two young guys about the same age at the moment um, and for one guy for him to be successful he needs to run 30 kilometers a week yeah and for the other guy for him to be successful I, I know for a fact he needs to run about 140 yeah you know um, and so I'm just going to give them the minimum they need to be to get some success um, yeah, and cool. the risk of injury just you know it does go up but mm. You know, uh, if you've done all the other stuff right, then they should be able to progress fairly rapidly through to high mileage. But the flip side of that, and this is this 
conversation takes us on to older athletes is you've got to leave some room to go somewhere. Mm. So if you're training, you know, a, a potentially national class uh, runner and, and they're 18 and you go, all right, we're going to run 100 miles a week, what are they going to be running at 22? 150 <laughs> miles a week? There's only so high you that, can go. that yeah. more is better thing yeah. coming in. So there is a limit. Um, I know the kind of... Uh, Alberto Salazar, Nike Oregon Project Group. I, you know, I've heard 120, 140, depending on the athlete. Mm. These guys are full-time professionals, massages, naps, all that stuff. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think, in the context of either studying or working full-time, I don't think you can go heaps beyond 100. So you just need to, you know, realise, like, let's say you want peak potential, peak performance at 24, You've got them at 18, so you go, oh, 24, I want them at 110 miles per week average through their build-up. So then you just step that back to when they're 18, so it might mean you start on 70, and instead of focusing on mileage, you go, oh, I want want all of their um, general running to be under four minutes a K or something like that. Mm. That's how I would approach yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You've got to have somewhere to go. You can't... If you're already at your maximum, then what more can you add in? And I know you can add in, can add in other stuff, gym and cross training, blah, 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 but yeah. volume on E, yeah, gets you so far. Yeah, so, cool. Two things I, I just want to jump in on. Yeah. I'm not sure if we've re- emphasised it earlier, but um, particularly with those younger athletes, the stuff that we've kind of talked about, you very much ease into it. So um, <laughs> if you hear me saying like we're, 10, we're, 10K at the weekend, two workouts yeah. during the week for a 10-year-old, we're talking, that builds we're up talking, over, yeah. over months. months. Yeah, yeah. yeah. months at least. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, same for the, the late teen doing 80, 90 miles a week. Yeah. We're talking years to build up to that. So definitely yeah. don't rush we're, someone We're talking about the athlete who we started working with when they were 13. Yeah, and yeah. And we've seen yeah. them once or twice or three times a week. Yeah. Almost every week for the past few years. Yeah, yeah. Like, best case scenario yeah. sort of thing. And the other thing I'll point out, we're, we're talking... This whole discussion is about volume, so we're talking in miles or kilometres per week. But of course that breaks down differently between athletes, so some people are doing more workouts, some people might be just doing easy running. Um, Yeah, yeah, so that's the the big other variable that you throw into it. Um, And and a big part of the reason um, running volumes tend to be lower for the middle distance type runners big part of the reason for that is because of the faster work they're doing you you can't you need some recovery in there yeah. so you can't you're ch- if you're doing uh, what's a really typical 800 meter workout 8 200s yeah. 8 200s and I don't know 28 or whatever pretty fast you know you're walking jogging 200 meter recovery really intense sort of workout you feel a bit sick at the end if you go into that fatigued you can you can go and gut your way through the workout. It won't be very fun. That's fine. The main problem is your chance of hurting yourself just goes through the roof. Mm. When you go into these workouts that have a huge neuromuscular demand, if you go into those stale, you, you're asking for an injury. Yeah. So yeah. The, the, this is where the days off come in, and you know all that sort of stuff. So where when yeah. we talk about these high mileage figures, we're talking about you know maybe one or two moderate workouts in them. So yeah, yeah. looks quite different if someone's trying to be an elite fifteen hundred or eight hundred meter runner. Because yeah, I think absolutely. you're going to need to layer in some recovery into that. Yeah, mm. and throughout the year, obviously, it's changing as well. So you're going to have times where you emphasise the mileage, yeah. times when you emphasise the workouts, and that that sort of periodisation is the other way that we break it up. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I'd throw into it is some athletes just genuinely can't handle heaps of running and they respond really well to, to cross-training yeah. volume. Um, this this has amazed me. Um, with It's not something I particularly believed in in my younger days, Yeah. Um, but I've seen firsthand so many athletes and how well they respond to cross-training, Yeah. which is it's crazy. I, I have trouble with it because like a lot of people I want to quantify things in, in black and white terms and I struggle to quantify the the volume of cycling and how that relates to 
the volume of running and the volume of how it ties over because it's yeah, not just yeah. hour for hour. No. They have different demands on your metabolic neuromuscular system. Yeah. So it's very complex and it's hard for me to get my head around. But for some people, the response to, to cross-training is yeah. amazing. I mean, Kelly Holmes won two gold oh, medals yeah. off uh, in Athens off... I think it was like 80% cross-training. I think she was just doing her workouts, her, her faster running on the track, and the rest was yep. on the, the cross-trainer. So um, if she can do it... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all can do it. Um, yeah, so that's the other thing that goes into the mix. And when you're kind of working out this overall workload, okay, how, how hard is my athlete working this week, um, you do need to, to factor that in. Um, yep. yeah. yeah, life. You mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it so Fact gets in the way and... of uh, athlete development life. <laughs> yeah, it's really annoying. Right, so we don't have heaps of time left, but we said we would try and and layer this conversation uh, over with with an athlete who's starting maybe later in life and just talk about their training age. Yeah. So yeah, so we kind of talked about twenties getting that yeah. that sort of maximum. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're maxing out. Um, so, so should we talk what thirty year old? Yeah, let's in? just put a base of a 30 year old and it's their first yep. year running um no health contraindications um and let's say they've got an okay style it's not terrible yeah um so what what changes for you because it's not like working with that eight-year-old or that 10 year old yeah, yeah. is it so this is the the typical tempo fit customer that comes yeah, in yeah i'm running a half marathon and five months i need to get yeah. fit and and do it yeah and um, and this is another thing there's it's an important preface They're, they've come to the sport so yeah. they clearly are saying i want to do a 10k or a half marathon or yeah or i want to get faster at 5k or i want to yeah yeah do do an ultra so they know what they want to do. Yeah. And so the temptation, I shouldn't talk to him, but anyway, <laughs> the temptation would be to go, oh, they want to do a marathon, and it's in four months. So here's the runner's world. You yeah, four-month plan. Yeah, to... he, or here's what, uh, you know, um, here's, here's what Craig Kirkwood did in the four months leading up to his <laughs> uh, best marathon time in Chicago. Yeah, you know? yeah, just change the paces, but yeah, do the same yeah. thing. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. And this so is one of the... Is it yeah. yeah, this is one of the big dangers of people just getting um, plans off the internet. And yeah. one of the reasons that we're at TempoFit, we decided we didn't want to just um, offer programs with generic plans. We wanted to individualise it. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, I mean, first of all, you need to, like you said before, with those 10 to 13-year-olds, prepare to train. Yeah. Um, so you need to get your body strong enough. So that's grad very gradually getting into the running, yeah. getting yourself fit and athletic by doing lots of other exercise as well. Yeah, like core and... Yeah, everything also. from w walking to gym work, Pilates, maybe some yoga if you're really locked up. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, weight-bearing stuff. Um, cycling if you need to shed some kilos. Oh, yeah. The, why are you looking at me <laughs> when you say that? Well, there's anyway, no one else to yeah, talk, yeah, talk yeah, to yeah, in the yeah. room. Um, so there's lots of different things that uh, that could come into that equation early on. But then um, I'm a big believer in just stepping up after, the, after that early foundation, which might be six to eight weeks, then stepping up the mileage, go for that kind of 10% yeah. rule is pretty safe. Yeah. Um, and then from there, like, how much you do is dependent on, on your goals and yeah. how much your body can handle, how much your life can handle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is really life-dependent. Like, I know really when I was yeah. uh, doing some programs for the Tempo Fit Athletes, I'd go in in my head with, okay, this person's doing a 50K ultra, so in order and then they would talk to me about their goals for the events and I would go away and formulate these perfect training schedules with how much they needed to run every weekend and every week and then I'd have another chat with them about their life and be like holy shit this is <laughs> never going to happen yeah they've got yeah. three kids they're yeah. working 70 hours and a they, week and... they coach the kids soccer team and yeah. you know like they don't just have a job they're like a lawyer and this big company and yeah. it's like oh how's this guy going to do this and so I, I actually really love, as a coach, I love that challenge of yeah. working with people who have these goals, um, but then have these awesome normal lives and trying to juggle yeah, those yeah. two. Like that, yeah. to me, I found that challenge um, 
as intriguing as working with an athlete who's who's you know wanting to develop themselves and go on that high performance track yeah i found it really fascinating yeah absolutely yeah yeah because there's all all sorts of things where you're like okay well we need to get you run commuting yeah (laughs) we need to leave the car at home a couple of days a week catch the bus home yeah Um, and all that sort of lifestyle stuff that comes into play to get that mileage in that we need yeah like um you know the athlete the younger kind of high performance development athletes that i'm coaching like i'd never consider run commuting with them it's just not even if they asked me i'd be like no (laughs) this <laughs> it's not conductive to great training yeah let's but, not put an 8kg yeah, backpack on your back yeah and... yeah 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 <laughs> i would just i'd be devastated if they uh wanted to do if they if they did that without telling me but for an athlete in the context of that crazy busy life professional family yeah. like it's great makes perfect sense yeah so, yeah yeah um and then kind of as you get older um it depends on the athlete, but in general, um, we don't need as much mileage. Like often no. the often the athlete is able to draw on all the exercise they've yeah. done over their lives. They oh, have yeah. a much more natural endurance level yeah. than I, I the have teenager. A, I have a theory on this. Go for it. Um, me. I think they revert back and have very similar needs as the early teenage athlete. Okay. You know, and, and if you're talking about someone who has particularly years of, of training and muscle memory behind them, yeah, you just strip it way back and, and go way back to the fundamentals. Yeah. Uh, and actually, I was listening to uh, a podcast by Dan Path, who's a really yeah, well-known yeah. athletics guru. I'm talking about um, Kim Collins and Justin Gatlin, two really world-class sprinters who are mm. old as Kim Collins. It's like it's, 42 40. or something now. Yeah. yeah, he's really old. And apparently his training has just gone all the way down to blocks, drills, like the real basic stuff yeah. with you know huge recoveries in there and stuff because he's fast and it's just a matter of not losing it and not getting injured. So mm. one of the key things for older athletes which you would know Hayden is that recovery time from injury yeah so when you're young you know you pull a hamstring six weeks and you're back at it yeah pull a hamstring when you're 60 season Mm. over you know yeah snap a tendon when you're 35 you were out (laughs) for a year basically or a year year without any speed yeah 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 so that that the effect of injury as you get older is catastrophic yeah and so you really then go back to like what we talked about coaching that early teen athlete focus on the fundamentals the skills and and really do the bare minimum to succeed so if it's someone who's running a marathon then you'd go okay i need one long run i need one uh you know tempo long tempo session i need one uh, interval speed session, yeah maybe you know with some drills in there yeah, as well to focus so on three, three sessions and then yeah. let, let's get in the pool and, yeah and let's yeah. get on the bike or, or do a yoga class yeah yeah and, yeah and that right there i think i've just described a pretty world-class training program for someone say in their 70s running a marathon yeah so um christine adamson who was on the show last week she's she does the local 5k race every week ah uh, yep you'll usually do it sort of like a tempo run sometimes yep. really go for it love it um Okay, most of the time really go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Sometimes yeah. the tempo run. Then she'll do. Um, she'll head along to the local master sprint club yep. up at base, um, and then do one long run, and then maybe the odd extra run. But it's yeah. it's three or four sessions a week. One focused on speed. One more that tempo yeah. style. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. I tell you, I didn't want to. I wanted to wrap it up there, but I, I just thought of something which is probably one of the biggest markets not only that you work with but I suspect it's the biggest market that listens to the show guys late 30s early 40s yeah who like me still think that they're 20 years old so they still <laughs> in their head they still they haven't quite recognized that they're still getting old you can do 10 400 yeah, yeah so what I'm <laughs> I've got no idea what do you do with with these guys because they still want to get after it you know yeah yeah they 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 still want to go and run 100 miles a week and and yeah smash out reps on the track so so for those athletes i do like to give them some smash it sessions so you know the five times 1k yeah pretty quick um that kind of session um 
just give it to them enough so that they feel like that satiates their yeah. appetite yeah now really gunning it um and then you can reinforce that okay you need to pull back you need to run this long uneasy yeah. don't don't put it on strava because then you're going to compare it with yeah. people all that sort of stuff um yeah and did you just say don't put it on strava yeah but it's like you didn't even run it yeah, doesn't exist. So, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, um, well, that'll be my main thing. Just give, satisfy that desire to really go for it occasionally, yeah. but um, don't make it the, the yeah. role. I think it's really hard for guys as they old as they age to recognise that. I think yeah. once you hit fifties and sixties, you be you you go. Oh, yeah, I'm old, yeah. so I can I should take a day off. But yeah. you know, actually, we are aging in our late 30s and in our 40s and so you know I guess if I had any advice it would be just recognize that you are aging and that uh, you should just build in more recovery mm. than if you were writing a program for yourself when you were 20 yeah and you're, you're you're not the same unfortunately yeah even though you think you are yep you haven't yep. had that perfect build up with human growth hormones surging through yeah, your body yeah. doing calisthenics every lunchtime yeah yeah, yeah, the, yeah yeah on the basketball court yeah i mean um, i just like the young guys i coach i'm amazed like i'll thrash them yeah i'll i'll have them rolling around the ground in agony and then I come back the next morning I'm like how are you doing he's oh yeah I feel real good yeah yeah I'm like what so the true. hell yeah. like how is this even but yeah yeah so which is which uh, another topic we should do one on coaching and like I'm a firm believer that you should never start coaching teenagers you should start with 50 year olds ah see um, I I this is really going down a rabbit hole yeah. I told the story the other day I went I was part of the the Palmy Club when I lived yeah, at Palmy, yeah. Palmerston North Athletic and Harry Club, and I went to George McConaughey, the head coach. He's really knowledgeable, IAAF lecturer, yeah. and I was like, George, I, I want to get into coaching. Um, I'm something I'm really keen to give a good crack. And I thought he'd be like, Oh yeah, come on down, you can, uh, you know, be my assistant, and I'll let you coach the distance runners. Or I thought maybe he'd let me coach some junior distance runners. Nope run jump throw <laughs> so i started with the three to five year olds run yeah, jump throw yeah. and i think you know having yeah. a base and that that's true you yeah know, and then i've, I've basic coached, fundamental yeah, movements yeah coach a high performance uh thrower you yeah. know so having a base and some stuff that you're slightly unfamiliar with mm. hugely uh, enriches your coaching ability yeah absolutely Mm. Oh, that's very cool. The other thing I'd add in for older people is the need to keep keep muscle, um, and yeah. so they a bit more yeah. of a need to hit the gym and yeah. um, and not just do bicep curls, <laughs> squats, yeah. deadlifts, um, yeah. jumps, yeah. yeah, yeah, stuff that is athletic and powerful and it's going to build yeah. genuine yeah. muscle mass and, that you need for running. And you say that because that is the main. The main reason performance dips as we age is because we lose muscle mass, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it's that and the, the recovery time that we yeah. talked about. Yeah. But, yeah, you, ne- you need muscles to move you forwards. Yeah. And so if you can no longer do a vertical jump um, the height that you used to, then you probably can't run the speed that you used to. So yeah. um, build that strength and build that power. Do it gradually. Don't get injured. Shall we leave it there? Yeah, we'll leave it there. That was cool. I enjoyed the chat. Yes, thank you. And thank you for listening, everyone. Um, We'll be back next week. Talk soon. Ciao. Break it down.